It's hot, but it's well worth it. Oh, hi. Welcome to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from Aral Stone's original series. And joining me, as always, is my co-host with the most ghost, uh, Andrew Rogerson. How are you, Andrew? I'm on laxatives. He's on laxatives. So uh, I guess you could say this book scared you shitless. Yeah, man. Now, Andrew Rogerson, uh, keen-eyed, viewer, keen-eyed, keen-eyed viewers... Uh, may remember you uh, for your role in the uh, 2009 uh, Flinders Christian Community College production of um, High School Musical, in which you yeah. played uh, Troy Bolton. But you've actually uh, expanded out from from acting into writing in, uh, in in recent years. Is that correct? Yeah. So uh, I've just released my first e-book. Uh, it's, it's poetry. So a um, bit, bit niche, but... Uh if you want to check it out, it's called A Year Rewritten. And I believe it's what you one poem every every day of the year. Is yeah, yeah, I wrote it a couple of years ago, and uh, it's one short poem for every day, kind of like as a journaling technique. Mm. Um, so, were there some days where you're just like I've got nothing to write? Like, I tell you what, there were some days where I forgot, mm. and I would have to catch up. Yeah, just go bang, 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 bang. There we go. Because um, yeah, so I guess I cheated a little. But we're not here to talk about poetry, are we, Andrew? No, we're here to talk about... Goosebumps number... 30. 30. 30. We cracked the big 3 wow. Goosebumps number 30, it came from beneath the sink. Yeah. Rogerson, do you want to take us through the front cover here? The funny thing about Goosebumps and front covers, I've got a bit of a story here. Mm. So, um... I read a bunch of these when I was young. So this, so, so you, you were familiar with the Goosebumps? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. The thing was, though, these covers used to freak me out mm. a fair bit. And so what I'd actually do is I'd rent a, a, a whole bunch from the library. Um, but during the night, I would hide them in my cupboard because I was scared of the spooky... D- the spooky, spooky cover art cover from art. Uh, Tim Jacobus. Would you, mm. then, did you think that one would have scared you as a kid? No, this one's actually okay. In fact, I think this this reflects uh, a lot of the 90s sensibility of Goosebumps because if you look at that, like what, what what's the first thing you think of when you look at those? I think a snake. Anaconda. Yes. Uh, Anaconda, that relic of the 90s. Starring that so J-Lo well. and... Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah. Oh, man. And John Voight, I think. We've got to be the first man. people to mention that film in, oh, 15 years. But there are no snakes in the book. There aren't. Um, this created something of a, a false expectation mm. for me. Um, the actual creature in mind that comes from beneath the sink is, uh, is a little less spectacular. So. It is. And even its eyes, which are described in the book, uh, don't look anything like that. No, no, they are more uh, bloodshot rather than uh, than glowy. Then venomous, green. if you will. So yeah, nice little. Whoop. I will nice have to ask you to pay for that one. That's um, okay, mate. Um, we'll see how much revenue the poetry book brings in. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, do you want to read the the tagline and the blurb there? It's warm. <laughs> it's breathing, and it doesn't do dishes. So. Uh, <laughs> Quite witty oh, there. I, no. I, I obviously cannot tell if Eddie's describing the creature or describing uh, the typical millennial. So, uh, I mean, I hate style. young people. <laughs> Just kill them all, please. So at the back, their luck's about to go down the drain. Goodness That's me, good. will this guy ever stop? <laughs> Kat and her brother Daniel are so lucky. 
They just moved to a new house with tons of rooms, two balconies, and a lawn the size of a football field. That is NFL, I believe. Yeah. Which is smaller than an AFL field because you're thinking, gee, that is a big... But still quite an impressive backyard. Yeah, definitely. Can't complain. But all that good luck is about to run out because there's something really evil living in their new house. Something that's moving, watching, waiting. Something that comes from beneath the kitchen sink. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have ended on that line. No. Yeah. I mentioned the 90s sensibility yeah. of, of the cover, and that's really reflected in, um, in quite a bit of the language use. I, I came across such classic uh, 90s phrases as get a life. You know, that really took me back. Mm. Um, and also... Uh, and they really do stick out when they when they sprinkle those 90s expressions in there. Yeah. Though, oh, what else? Uh, cool your jets as Haven't well. Haven't heard that. How no. long has it been since someone said cool your jets? Uh, since uh, JLo was a box office drawer, I imagine. Yes, in Anaconda. Do you want to take us through the, the plot of the book? Sure. So we kind of open up on... It kind of takes this campfire story kind of structure. Like, let me tell you mm. the sad and frightening story of the thing that came from beneath the sink. So in typical R.L. Stein fashion, we have these two, uh, these two siblings. You know, Brother we've got Katrina, who seems to hate her name for some reason. I think it's a pretty reasonable name. Katrina's fine. Uh, Dan as well, who's the typical, you know. Obnoxious small, younger brother. I know, you know, always. And, and has his, you know, presumably Hispanic best friend Carlo over. Uh, I've, I've got to fact check whether his name's actually Carlo. Uh, it's Carlos. I think it's Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, he's probably Hispanic. Another 90s names. Oh, yeah, and also Katrina, her favourite colours are pink and purple. She wears like a pink and purple, purple jumper, so. Now, you don't need to remember that because despite being mentioned quite explicitly, it plays no bearing in the... In no, the, it in doesn't. The I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a 90s Nice thing. little so, tidbit. Anyway, we open up on the existential uh, dread of moving into a massive mansion. A trope of the Goosebumps series. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, I mean, that. it even says they don't even move that far. They just move a couple of streets mm. down. So Katrina's kind of sussing it out. You know, seeing what's there, getting really excited for her new uh, bedroom that's on the second mm-hmm. floor. And uh, I think my favourite part of the early book is when, at the end of chapter one, Daniel mm. jumps out in a rat costume. <laughs> and uh, she, of course, thinks he's a monster until she realises that he's in a, a, a rat costume. Now, it was recently Halloween. Yeah. Did you see any rat costumes? I did, I, I did not see one. Um, I have to think for things you'd want to go as... At Halloween, rat would be way down the list. Yeah, and even when you're packing, it's probably going to be towards the bottom of your bag. Daniel, yeah. I feel like Daniel would have struggled to, to break it out. Yeah. Anyway, so after a, a few shenanigans, they actually do come across a very strange object. Because mm. um, their dog's barking at it. That's dog's, right. dog's quite freaked out about Now, if you're going to face thing. monsters and all kinds of creepy crawlies, have, have a canine with you because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they can recognise ghosts. They can detect apparently. them. Yes, they can. They, yeah, dogs mm. are adept at um, picking up monsters in the Aristotle universe. Yeah. So they find they find a strange sponge, and we're not really sure whether it means a traditional kitchen sponge or a sea sponge. It kind of interchanges between those things. But this sponge uh, seems to have a bit of a personality. It's uh, it enjoys humming. It enjoys pulsing. Uh, pulsing. Yeah. There's almost this little John Carpenter Jr. thing going on here with a bit of body horror. Yeah, but it's also got like um. Two eyes on it as well. Yeah, two like these, black these eyes. eyes. And, it, and it seems to really, it, it seems to run on Schadenfreude. Mm. It seems to really like it when people are befallen with bad luck. It, it swells up 
and makes a, a louder humming sound when Katrina stubs her toe, when her father falls off a ladder. I mean, everyone's having accidents mm-hmm. in this book. Mm-hmm. And you never know whether the sponge is causing them or whether it just likes them. But the genius is that R.L. Stein has created a creature that he has inserted into his world that is going to thrive off the kind of world it is, which is a world of That's a good of point. Yeah, this is actually a perfect monster for a Goosebumps book. Absolutely. You, you wouldn't think it, but um, and it looks nothing like the picture. How, what do you think about the design? Like, in terms of a sponge, it's not really that scary. Do you... I, I never felt it was very menacing, even at its at its hummiest and most pulsating. Yeah, I... I... I don't know. I look. I don't. Maybe, maybe that's part of the part of the appeal that it's it's not something that looks traditionally scary, but mm. it's scary. I thought it was quite effective later on in the book as as more bad luck befalls mm. our protagonist. It starts to like laugh as well. Ah. So it's not sort of it's you get a sense that it, while it looks like a sponge, it is quite alive. It's aware of what's happening and it's actually mm. enjoying it. Mm. I found that like, quite a good touch. But essentially, the story there's throughout the story, it seems to just make things worse doesn't it it does and and um every time you kind of this the interest in the story starts to wane a little bit Aristotle just a master of, of the end of chapter cliffhangers there's one point where katrina literally freaks out over a popping sound i mean you know whatever um and you know he, he will always say it's almost like she gives a little glimpse of the future saying you know in a few days it, uh, i I would have a reason to be scared. I, I would. I would have to do something. Yeah, to yeah. To this in a few days, which goes back to that campfire um, mm. set up there. She knows what's happened, and she's mm. telling you the story as it goes mm. along. So, what, what sort of what sort of things start to happen to our protagonist? As you said, it starts quite. It starts it starts sort of quite yeah. not that bad. She stubs her toe, and she like, and her dad falls off a ladder. Yeah, starts to get more serious. Like, well, I think the worst thing that happened to her is that uh, Katrina's birthday's coming up. Uh, I think her 12th birthday or something. She's super excited and uh, she wakes up and it's raining and they were going to go to a theme park. Yeah, a water park with rides. Yeah, and then she's had it. She buries this creature Mm. in her backyard and Mm. wakes up tomorrow morning and what's happened? Well, uh, all the plants have have, uh, withered. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, it's correct. And the grass has just turned brown. It's actually... She buried it in the yard to get rid of it. It's destroyed the yard. And sometime before this... The exposition machine shows up. Yes. The exposition machine, yes. in this case, comes in the form of a book, which Daniel finds at their school, called the Encyclopedia of the Weird. Now, very strange here. He describes this book as being covered in dust, you know, mm-hmm. pink tome. And they have to, you know, blow dust off it to, yeah. to actually read what's inside it. Now, I've worked at primary schools... If there was a book called The Encyclopedia of the Weird, that book would be the most popular most checked book out book of all school. time. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. So mm. that's, that's a lie. Don't, don't yeah, inaccuracy lies. number one in that. Anyway, they, they find this book and uh, they reckon they know what this, this sponge is. They reckon it's called a gruel. Is that gruel? G R O L. Gruel, yeah. And it says that, you know, it feeds off the bad luck of people and in a. Neat little plot device. If you give it away to someone, you'll die within 24 hours. Oh. So that's why she can't get rid of it. Yeah. And actually that leads to at one point the gruel goes missing. And yes. she has to find it. And there's sort of a real sense of, I've got to find this thing. Yeah. Or I will literally die. Yeah. I'll die in some final destination. S- yeah. Hilarious yeah. accident. So we're moving We're moving really towards uh, the climax here, yeah. you know, uh, in the search for the gruel. Mm-hmm. They end up taking the search to the streets, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and the the gruel ends up in in the hands of a of an unruly bunch of of, of high school kids uh. who are playing uh, baseball 
without helmets. Anyway, what actually happens is is that one of them gets gets hit in the head with the baseball after playing with the gruel. So lesson learned. But that doesn't enable them to get the gruel back. Yeah, they do get the gruel. But uh, their problems aren't done. She runs over it with a bike. Nothing happens. I think she she oh. smashes it with a textbook. I think mm. into a million pieces. Here's, here's John Carpenter, right? She even uh, yeah. she cuts it up. Yes, she cuts yeah. it up. She separates it, and it comes back together. This thing is indestructible. She puts it down the uh, the trash compactor. Yeah. and puts it down the sink, sending it from back to from whence it came. That kind of well, it would have passed very close to, to its where spot under the sink. Beneath the sink, but it just sort of like. It, like, commands the water yeah. to, like, push it back up to the surface. So it's like... I mean, I was thinking maybe cut it up and then put each individual sliver into a separate container and then and bury them. Or and... send them off to different countries or something. Yeah, but that, that's okay, Katrina. You did your best, so... She can't kill this thing. Yeah. And she can't get rid of it because it's going to She kill can't her. get rid of it by force. And that's what the Encyclopedia of the Weird says. What do you mean, Andrew? It cannot be killed by force. Well, how and, else can um... you kill it then? Well, you see, I think... Uh... I think R.L. Stein was the kind of guy whose uh, parents used to say, Russell, or whatever his first name I was. I believe it's Robert. I, Ro- Robert, little Bobby. <laughs> Russell Stein. Bobby, you've got you've to kill him with kindness. You've got to kill him with kindness. And uh, Katrina gets an amazing brainwave that if she cannot kill this gruel uh, by force, that she's going to do it by love. And singing it a lullaby. So she's complimenting the gruel. She's cooing. And yep. she's saying how much she loves it and how cute it is. And yep. then I think she kisses it at one point as well. Yep. And the gruel's hating this. It's like... It, it shrivels oh. up. It loses its swelling. What was weird is that when this happened, I, I looked at the book and I was like, oh, there's still 30 pages left, not realising that R.L. Stein had been very generous and put a three or four chapter preview of the next book so i was like oh it's pretty much over curiously when they're reading the encyclopedia of the weird they see another entry don't they I, i'm wondering if this thing's illustrated as well this encyclopedia uh yes it, it, it is ah. it is they say they yes and it's something called a something with l it's like a line linux it's like a lorax or a linux or something a linux it's a linux, <laughs> Any linux users out there? looks like a potato, potato. but with sharp teeth yeah. anyway to forget about that because I mean, that won't come in handy I knew potatoes had eyes, but I didn't know they had teeth. Had teeth as well. And in true uh, Stinger fashion, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe, Goosebumps Cinematic Universe. We get a post-credit scene here. They find another thing in the exact same spot. The dog is barking at. The dog is barking at in the exact same spot. Oh, don't worry. It's just a potato, though. With teeth. So I guess these two ancient mythological artifacts slash organisms are living not in the same house but under the same sink. And I think it's meant it to sap your energy. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It saps your energy. Yeah. So she's yeah, she's gonna die soon. But that's the end of the book. So we don't have to worry about that. No sequel. Where's the sequel? It Robert. what could you call it? It's still beneath the sink. It came yeah. from over the shower head. Yeah, it's better than saying it, you know, um, it came from beneath the bottom of the barrel of ideas. <laughs> but what, what, I don't know, what's your take on it overall? I'll ask you, mm. what did you think of the ending, the killing with kindness thing? Look, it's, uh, it's not where I thought things were heading, so mm. in that way it was surprising. I did find it a little bit lame, to be honest. Um, you know, I think if you're going to make a creature feature, you need, you know, you need a the showdown. You need, you need the showdown. You need... A little bit more risk 
Um, and, you know, if, if Katrina was facing off against something that looked a, a bit more like what's on the cover... Well, count me in. Yeah, like a giant anaconda or, or something. Or, um, or the cast of 1997's Anaconda. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think... I Look, I quite like the actual creature of the gruel. I think this thing that's... Quite unassuming, but it's got such you know he he does he does give it a lot of personality in mm. the way it, it breathes and it pulses and it laughs and you know you get this, this idea this thing is really hateful. So I really mm. like the, the the idea of this creature. But killing with kindness is kind of a cop out, and I don't like it. There's a plot resolution where it's like, oh, they could have just done that all sure. along. I mean, if she did something like she found the other potato creature and like fed the the gruel to that and yes. then that would I then and then you're stuck with the the potato thing. I okay, think so it would have been a much better. Here's the question, what if they took the potato thing and the potato thing was biting the gruel and sapping up off its energy? I mean that's... And then you still got a cliffhanger there. It's a yeah, yeah it's a you'd have a alien versus predator situation. Yeah. I sympathize with a cat and how mm. everything's going wrong and, and a desperation to get rid of this thing. She tells her parents, but of course, every time they look at the sponge, it's, it's just, just a sponge. sponge. She also tells her, I think her auntie and her science teacher. Oh, her, she describes her auntie as, even though she's a grown-up, she's completely cool. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> How's that possible? Grown-ups can be appealing. So I think besides the ending, which I think is a bit of a cop-out, I really quite, I quite like the story. What did you think? Look, it's it's fine. It's fun. It's it's a nice throwback to a simpler time. You know, these kids... Um, kids are playing, you know, baseball rather than the latest Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, I think that new one's out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to get it as well, yeah. Yeah, look, it's 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 probably not in the pantheon, mm. but um, if you're learning to read, if you're learning, you know, the names of different uh, kitchen utensils and how to clean up after yourself, then uh, this is this is a, a fine little romp. That's probably yeah, your ideal book. Yeah, has this uh, has this rekindled your interest in, in goosebumps in any sense? Absolutely not. Hmm. Shame. But that's all for this week. Please join me next time in which I discuss Goosebumps number 31, which is what, Andrew? Knights of the Living Dummy 2. 2! I want to say. I yeah. think you're right. Not a Living Dummy 2. And uh, Andrew Rogerson, would you like to take us out with my uh, trademark catchphrase? Go home and have a sponge bath and let it throb in your hand. I wish I'd stop saying it, but I can't. Thank you very much.